0: Hi everybody welcome to amigos i'm john and i'm aaron and today aaron we are going to be talking about roadkill aaron do you have any good roadkill stories uh well you know uh probably about
2: 10 years ago i remember hearing that they'd passed a law here that it was legal to uh stop your car pick up roadkill off the side of the road and take it home and eat it how's that that's a pretty good one uh, have you personally ever done that god no and not just because it, it's gross, but because there's nothing that you can hit with your car that I necessarily want to eat.
0: Mm. I mean, so I not hit, one I of hit these a people, chicken one
2: time. I, you I, don't I,
0: enjoy eating the fruit of the forest, as it were.
2: Well, I do. No, I, I, I've i had deer, for example. Okay. So uh, that that is definitely an example of roadkill. Right. And yeah, right here, it, it, it depends on who's going to get killed. I've hit a deer uh, before, uh, but it, it, it grazed him. He was OK. It's like the chicken. Uh, but I know people that have not had their cars totaled, you know, from hitting the deer. There's deer everywhere in these parts, as you know. Uh, but no, I, I don't eat coon or squirrel or, or uh, I mean, I suppose you could hit a turkey or something. There's plenty of wild turkey. I've had that before, so you know, that, you know, obviously. But uh, what, what about you?
0: Yeah, I, I've had uh, most of your roadkill. Although I've never had uh, possum. Possum, you see, quite often. Yeah, here on the side of the road. Um, but I, I've never eaten possum, but I have had, you know, I've had squirrel, had deer. Um, I remember eating squirrel that my dad had shot and finding, uh, pellets in it, the yep. lead, you know, yep. the lead pellets uh, from that the shotgun in there. So you just spit those out. Yeah. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> How much meat is in a squirrel? I always wondered Dad. <laughs> well, it's, it's sort of like eating frog's legs, you know? No, I mean, I don't want to do that either. <laughs> well, that sounds gross. It, it's just, there's not a whole lot of meat, but the meat is—I I don't know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's there. You sort of you eat it with a frontier spirit. Oh yeah, yeah. I, that's assumed, what I did.
2: I assumed frogs leg and squirrels like chicken wings, like the little ones, you know, where you get mm-hmm. like eat like fifty of them or whatever. Maybe it's like that. It well, squirrel's like- got.
0: I mean, squirrels got more meat on it than that. You because you can eat more of the squirrel. I mean, you can eat like more different parts of it. it and you're not going to eat like squirrel hands. What you know, are there? Squirrel eyes, squirrel no, brains. but like there's like the whole like torso part has got meat on it. You uh-huh. know, and around the ribs and all that. Squirrels are cute, and deer are cute. You know, no one hunts like to- turkey
2: vultures, for example. But those you could kill those. So you don't have to feel bad. I'd feel bad if I shot a deer. They're, mm. they're, they're beautiful natural creatures you know yeah. don't get me wrong i don't got a problem with it disclaimer disclaimer but i personally could not do it i don't think i could shoot anything i'd feel i'd feel bad i'd feel guilty you know well, also,
0: i can't hit nothing It's also yeah that. Uh, i have more uh i have more problems with the aspects around the hunt than the actual hunting itself the getting up early the being out in the cold in the woods yeah not being able to talk That's no good. Being bored, sitting out there in in a dumb outfit on top of a tree. Probably fall out of my tree stand.
2: Yeah. I mean, hunters get killed every year out there screwing around. A ton. A ton. And the people around here know what they're doing. So if they're out there getting killed, what would happen to me? Right. I'd be be dead a million times.
0: Well, it's unfortunate that today's Amiga game is not about the art of uh, killing animals with your automobile. (laughs) Uh, But we'll get into that uh, momentarily. At first, though, Aaron... You know things have been really going off the charts on our YouTube channel this week I can't recall any previous week that has had so many releases why don't we why don't we take a look and see what's been going on over at youtube.com slash amigos retro gaming yeah we had a, we had an interesting I'd say a, di- a very diverse week boat
2: uh, in real in what we got put up here so uh, let's start off with last week's uh, ARG presents okay uh, um, I uh, me and the Brent uh, got together and uh, played some Laserdisc arcade games, Boat. Uh, this was our second go-around. It, it spun on the Retro Rewind, and but we picked better games this time around. I picked Mach 3, and Britt picked a very interesting title called Interstellar Laser mm. Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I, Mach 3 is probably my favorite laser game. So we had a good time with those. If you're into laser disc games, uh, I think it's worth your time to watch. Uh uh, I found it interesting, and like I said, Interstellar Laser Fantasy's got an awesome name. That sounds like a band right there, and then uh, it's an interesting-looking title. I'd say it's very intriguing-looking.
0: Have you played either one of those, by the way? Uh, no. I, this reminds me of that. Um, what What is that other game that's more popular uh, that has the—it's a shooter, but it's got different videos playing in the background—
2: uh well, like that's all. Biggest uh, Battle is that Vegas it? Biggest Battle. I don't know if it's more pop- uh, yeah, I guess it is more popular. Now, to say it. Yeah, it is. This is like Biggest Battle, but like way way better in okay. my opinion. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah,
0: worth th- a look. This, yeah, absolutely. This looks really cool. I haven't had a chance to listen to this one yet cuz I haven't had a commute in a while since I've been recovering from surgery, but I plan on catching up next week as I venture back to school. And Mach 3 was real good too. Um I had a uh
2: I guess it was last Friday I did uh, one of my usual Friday night stream. And uh, what it was going to be was my Odyssey 2 and my childhood Odyssey boat. Well, the childhood Odyssey went belly up right before the show.
1: Yeah, (laughs) But I still (laughs)
2: managed to uh, put together a front end for Odyssey 2 games. And we still played a ton of Odyssey 2 on that show uh, using CoinOps Next and had a real good time. So if you're interested in seeing some of the more obscure Uh, and not-so-obscure Odyssey 2 titles, uh, it's worth your time to check out that stream. Um, Now, both this has been an interesting uh, uh, thing you've gotten up to here. Talk to us about your uh, unboxing of the Atari 2600 stuff here.
0: Yeah, so I've got a... uh, Oh, jeez. I've got a big shelf full of uh, Atari 2600 Activision games. I really love these games. I love the way that they look. Um, and plus, they represent really the the best of the best in terms of the Atari 2600 library. So I thought, why not um, take a couple off the shelf and uh, see what's inside of them? Because a lot of these games, you know, I bought off eBay 15 years ago and I've never opened. Uh, they've just sat in their boxes. And so Mega Mania is one of those games. I guarantee you, I've never opened this thing up before. So uh, I talk a little bit about like if there's a price tag on it, like this one's got a Sears price tag on it. We go through all of the documentation. If there are any catalogs or anything like that, we talk about those. And um, and then we we wind things up by playing the game. So uh, I play five or six minutes of Mega Mania and show it off. So this is something that I started doing with the, uh, the ZX Spectrum, but I think I'm going to expand to include uh, all of my boxed games because I have so many boxed games down here at Amigo Studios. Uh, why not open them up, show what's inside, and play them? I think it's a great idea, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip you off uh eventually because
2: i've got it's it's, it's
0: hardly an original idea so don't feel like you're the first man that's ever done that and i'm gonna
2: be (laughs) ripping you off uh because i've got tons of box stuff up here too uh that uh, we i a lot of it i got in that deal we did with the discord in california and and some stuff i've picked up along the way and it's a great way to uh i don't know utilize your physical collection Mm -hmm. you know if i can I can go that route so I think it's a great idea so yeah I, I uh I think that's awesome and it's funny friends of mine saw this on Facebook and I had a couple of my friends that don't don't really aren't really into classic computers or anything and they were like oh Mega Mania I love that game so yeah that was
0: clearly a popular choice um, it's funny <clears> it's funny how many people there are that uh, especially of your your age that had a 2600 and that was the, the beginning and the end of their gaming you know
2: yeah yeah, it is. It is strange. Or they just, or they, or they came back to it. Like my buddies are all in the steam now. Yeah, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that, yeah, but that, that, I thought that was a good choice. Um, uh, here's a not good choice. You know, here's <laughs> another week where we dip into the Amigathon, and this time it's it's the part of the Amigathon 2020 where the Brent somehow hacked a stream and took over. To show several hideous games that he commentates over. Uh, and uh I will say this did surprise me when it happened. I guess you did you I guess you had talked
0: to him about it, but I had no idea. Yeah, so we kept this as a secret, you know, purposefully from you. And um and uh, it was I really enjoyed this segment because it was much different than all the other Amigathon segments. You know, we didn't go out of our way to play anything bad, and uh that's all. Aaron or uh, Brent did in his initial B.A.D. segment. You never know, maybe that moniker will make a return someday. Oh, goody. I can't and wait And this for does that. come to an end. This is the final segment in the Amigathon, so uh, if you are looking, if you're waiting to uh, catch up on all of the Amigathon uh, footage at once, uh, you can just go to the Amigathon 2020 playlist on YouTube and you will find it all here now. Wow. What a way to end it. That's yeah. Good <laughs> Lord. So, Speaking of ending something,
2: uh, just popped out yesterday uh, the final in the trilogy of the August 2020 Ask the Amigos shows. It's funny, I fell asleep, uh, uh, and this just came on my playlist somehow. And so I woke up about halfway through it, and I can tell you something. When you wake up hearing yourself talk about stories that only you know, it is very (laughs) surreal. I can tell you that right now. It was a very weird moment. But uh, if you uh, if you enjoy these Ask the Amigos, there you go again. Another one. We we really had a load of questions in August. That's the most we've ever had by a long shot on the boat.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, September is sa- shaping up to be the same. So we oh, will good. probably record a uh, new Ask the Amigos next week and release it in that same uh, three or four part format over the course of September. A good way to go, I think. Um, so let's talk about our 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 buddy rob
2: flack o'hara you know it's great that rob has brought his sprite, uh sprite castle shenanigans onto the channel because it uh it adds a very cool element of c64 coverage that we were not as uh, not uh not lacking but just not getting a whole lot of it and rob is all up in it and this time around as if channeling my inner thoughts he plays a bunch of different versions of c64 donkey kong boat
0: did you watch this is, this, this one? is a stream that's right up your alley.
2: Yeah, uh, I was amused by it. Of course, Rob's antics are always hilarious. And uh, one thing about the C64, I mean, listen, I, I tip my hat to any computer that
1: had
0: three or four different versions of the same game released. Now, wait a minute. Look at this. Look at this version right here. Yeah. Listen up, Donkey King fans. You your days are numbered because this thing has all the girders and Kong is on the right side. Why do you always pick on the poor cocoa people? Because man, they're all about Donkey King being the best home version, and then if you give them any lip, they point to the transcode, which doesn't even count. It's not even a real game. To be
2: fair, this is they where do it have at right
0: here. The transcode does at. count. I don't everyone. know what version of Donkey Kong this is, uh, the for the C sixty four, but it is it is a looker and it is a player.
2: I don't remember ever hearing anyone, except for maybe myself, say that Donkey King was the best eight bit Donkey Kong ever.
0: I don't Listen, remember man, anyone. You're not talking him. to enough Coco people. That's yeah, for sure. Are you
2: kidding me? Anyway. If you want to see various uh, uh, versions of Donkey Kong uh, that that uh, uh, will be covered on uh, Flack's Sprite Castle podcast, th- this is the show for you. I should mention that the newest version of You Don't Know Flack also dropped today where he talks about karate. So I can't wait to hear that one. I just started it in the car. Um, lastly, Boat, why don't you give us a uh, tip Give us the heads up. What did you and uh, Retro Man Cave, a.k.a. Neil, talk about on this week at Retro this week?
0: Yeah, this week our, our main story was the uh, return of Crash Magazine. We talked about that. We talked about the new uh, retro gaming documentary on Netflix. I think it's called High Score. Oh, yeah. There is a, uh, a new Dreamcast, Dreamcast Year 2 Kickstarter book. That is just wound up and a couple other odds. And ends. so uh, another great week on this week in retro. Uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, you can find it on all your favorite podcatchers and you can listen to the headlines on our YouTube channel.
2: This uh, this week's uh, show, we had a lot of discussion about it in the in the discord, uh, particularly about the high score document uh, documentary. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, but good stuff. I I, re- I enjoyed this one quite a bit. That's all we got, Boat. All right. Well,
0: you know what? It's time for
1: Amiga
0: News. Our first story this week for the Amiga News is there is a new gadget for the Amiga. This is something called the SD two parallel for the Amiga. This comes to us from AranaNet, which this guy makes a ton of awesome stuff. That's the guy that did uh, the Amiga, by the way, Edu. Or Edu, Ed, Eduardo. right? Oh yeah. Is, his name is Eduardo, right? Is, that, well, is he, that right? He
2: goes by EDU most of the time, Edu. And so I don't know. I don't I can't remember his name's Eduardo. Eduard. I don't I'm not sure it's
0: called <laughs> Edu. Okay. Uh this little device allows you to easily transfer files from your computer to the Amiga using a simple micro SD card. So this is not something that is going to replace the GoTech, as far as I, I can tell, right, Aaron? This is this is a file moving tool only. This is not going to run like ADF files. Isn't well, is that is that
2: correct? Th- that's this is actually pretty uh, from what I was told what I read this is pretty awesome. Uh, it's a whole different device than a GoTech right. in a lot of ways. This is a this hooks into your port in the back that every Amiga has got. And this effectively will give your Amiga SD support. Uh uh and for all intents and purposes and I believe that when you insert the disk in this thing it will come up on your workbench just like you would uh, just like a uh a uh, removable storage device, and you could actually get in there and mess with it. Pretty nice if you've got, uh, say, a 500 or a uh, something that doesn't have any sort of uh, way to get an SD card in there. And they're also cheap. Uh, so I mean, there it's a uh, quite a quite a little product here. Everyone's pretty excited about it. I believe he sold them all, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So yeah. one thing about uh, Edu stuff is that it. Uh, he makes a crap out of it, and then it's it goes. He didn't make that many, and he sells them at a price. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. In a, in a day where we were just talking about pricing last week, that guy sells this stuff for almost give it away prices, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, which you got to—that's a rarity in any field, not just computers. Uh, but this right here, a great little item. I, I've heard nothing but high praise for at least the concept of it. So we'll see when more of these get out in the wild. Uh, But yeah, I was I was pleased, and a lot of people were real excited about it.
0: Now, Aaron, we've we've uh, monitored this on and off since it was first announced, but I'm proud to announce that finally, Tiny Bobble has been released in its final form. Mm. Uh, Tiny Bobble is the uh, remake of the arcade game Bubble Bobble for the Amiga. Of course, the Amiga already has a really excellent port. Uh, this just makes things a little bit more arcade quality in terms of the frame rate, the colors used. And, uh, and I, you know, as somebody who's grown to appreciate Bubble Bobble more in uh, recent months, as we've had it on our Amiga's high score competition, uh, I am going to check this thing out. I haven't had a chance to do it yet, but it runs silky smooth, silky smooth. And uh, the color, the extra colors are a big, a big help. And this is not a, an AGA deal. This will run, I believe. On uh let's see. Yeah, it will run on any Amiga, I'm pretty sure. So uh big props to uh this guy, uh Pink and Fade One. They've uh released Tiny Bobble for the Amiga. Very good. Yeah, it looks great, it looks really good. Next up, Aaron, tenmark has got a new video. This one, you know, I consider 3D printing to mostly just be uh, a hobby that people have when they run other, when out of other hobbies. And they're like, well, maybe I'll get into 3D printing so I yeah. can, you know, do some crap. Well, this is the first thing that I've ever seen that made me think, man, maybe there actually is a point to all this nonsense. <laughs> um, there is uh, Doug, this in his latest video, he shows off a plethora of really neat uh, items that people he's either 3D printed or someone I think people have 3D printed printed these for him and um he goes through there's all kinds of different covers uh different adapters that you can place on various amigas have you watched this one aaron i did it's funny because i sort of hassled doug about last week's
2: show with the unamiga and then this thing came up and i'm like what is this and is this this is a gimmick show right here and so i was getting ready to get ready to mock him again and then i gave it to doug This show's darn good. I mean, I I never would have thought of half the stuff that was 3D printed in this. It's quite brilliant. Yeah. I mean everything from mounting device, mounting brackets to like a uh, uh, covers for your the the thing that was the most the,
0: the coolest thing for me that I saw was the Zorro card thing. The thing that pops onto the Zorro card that allows brilliant. you to mount things sideways on there. That's awesome. Well, that's it,
2: incredible. What the? It, basically, it's a it's a locking mechanism, mm-hmm. and I mean, and I've heard tale of people that had problems with those little cards wiggling out of there. It's that, yeah. I mean that's a high high levels of design went into coming up with that. Uh, yeah, I, this is gr- great stuff. And the fact that Doug has all this stuff on
0: hand, uh, is uh, it, it was very impressive. So yeah, I'm knows? right there with you. I was I, I came into this video very skeptical. Yeah, and, and I came out of it thinking, man, there is some there's some really neat stuff that you can 3D print for the Amiga.
2: Well, you know, uh, um, the 3D printing game. I know those guys are clever because I I have got one toe in the pinball world, and they use the 3D printing stuff to do a lot of stuff in, pin, in the pinball at zone. So I'm not terribly surprised that uh, they came up with some good stuff here. But I, none of this, a lot of the stuff in this video, I would never have thought. Of so, for what that's worth, kudos.
0: And finally, this week, Aaron uh, speaking of GoTeX, there is some competition for the GoTeX that has just been released by our own Simulant fan of the show. Simulant in his shop has released the floppy disk drive USB emulator OpenFlops. Uh, OpenFlops is a, uh, a floppy emulator, much like the GoTek, but it expands upon uh, what the GoTek can do with other cooler stuff. Uh, I think that the, the big takeaway from this is this board allows you to emulate two drives at once, which is something that the, the GoTek, of course, can't do. The thing that I like about this thing is that they've kept the same form factor as the Gotech drive. So if you have a 3D printed case, or if you've altered your Amiga in some way, say you've hacked the back of your Amiga 500 off to accommodate it, no problem. You can stick this thing in there and it will not take up any more or less space than you had when you had the GoTek in there. Um, this thing is available for 20 pounds, which I think is, is pretty reasonable. Yeah. And all of the accoutrement that you can outfit a GoTek with, such as a LED display or a uh, one of those rotary encoder things, you can hook all that same stuff up to the uh, the open flops.
2: I've got the rotary thing and the uh, and the little screen uh, mm-hmm. for my twelve hundred, and they're great. This is awesome, though. Having the it's funny the Unamiga gives you you could have a couple drives in it, and it does come in handy uh, occasionally to have a couple floppy drives, especially on the on, on the rare instance, for example, that you're trying to load something that supports multiple drives on the Amiga. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's great. I'm great, and also he's a real he's a great guy. He's the yeah. I mentioned him a couple ago. He's the one that sent me the. Uh, the serial port modem uh, that I'm trying out, the Wi-Fi modem. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's awesome, and I hope he does well with
0: it. I have a feeling he'll do very well. Yeah, and Simulant's a good guy at heart, too. Yeah. 50p of every sale goes to help support the Center for Computing History over in Cambridge, yeah. which I'd love to get to one of these days.
2: He was also the fellow that was behind those really impressive... Uh, j- uh g- g- Keyboards that were based on various computers. That's uh, right. That, that, and so that's, keep that on your radar because I believe he's going to be bringing that back in some capacity sometime in, in the near future.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right, Aaron. And of course, we can't miss out on the biggest news stories of this week. Happy birthday to Rob Flack O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to Edvin Helen. Drinking yes.
1: his beer in the old man cave.
0: And of course, happy birthday to Big A! You finally did it, man. It's the Big Five Five. No, it's congratulations! Not, it's not the Big Five Five boat. <laughs> yeah, I will kill you. <laughs> kill you dead, now, Aaron. I know you're thinking, "Where my gift at?" And I'll tell you. Uh, your gift is taking longer to manufacture than originally uh, anticipated, and your gift will be uh, in your hands uh, by the end of September, but I've heard from the maker of said gift that it's it's taken a little bit longer to get out the door. So, so hang tight. Hang tight. You will be impressed. Here's what I hope it is,
2: okay? Uh, I watched the uh, Helix documentary mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> last night. In fact, that's why I missed your stream. And so, what I I hope that you've, you're bringing me. Hopefully, you're having this manufactured as one of those yak hair, full yak hair body, ye- like Yeti suits. <laughs> That's what I'm after. I, I can't play like bass you guitar, can really rock but I'll, one of those things. I'll, I'll play rock band in it.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I love would, that. that would by the way, I'll be that little frog man percussionist, gymnast. And he, yeah, be flipping around all over the place. That was that was quite that was quite an interesting uh, video. I recommend I that if you seen it. That, I mean. It was it was it's always amazing to me that people that are you know, I I don't consider uh, defunct land to be a small time player. But I mean, he's definitely not a major, you know, major motion picture studio production house. But the quality of that documentary was really, really good. If you watch his series, uh, it's unbelievably well done.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, his most recent couple of years have been outstanding. So when you told me he'd made a full-on documentary, I wasn't terribly surprised. I will say this: that I didn't think there'd be enough there for a documentary, but there absolutely was. Great documentary. Yeah. So I recommend that. It's about if you look if you look up Disney and Helix. It will almost certainly come up, or just listen. I don't.
0: I don't think it isn't it. Halix
2: isn't it. H a
0: l i x. Well,
2: yeah, but it, it. They. If you listen to the show,
0: they they pronounce it about ten
2: different ways. That's true. And, and,
0: and the and the guy behind the band was like, "This is the lamest name that's ever been." Ever I thought been that was created, a cool so.
2: name, and the way that chick pronounced it in concert, she sounded great. I just love. Yeah. I loved it. That chick could yeah. go. I'll give her credit.
0: They were, okay. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. By oh, right, the we,
2: we should describe, tell them what we're talking about, Bo, because a couple people are asking.
0: Oh, okay. So anyway, this is a documentary. If you uh, go to the YouTube channel, Defunct Land, this is a guy that uh, has a whole YouTube channel devoted to closed amusement park attractions. Um, So like uh, probably the most famous one is like Captain EO in Disney World. But there's a billion of these things like because they were Disney World and and all. It's mostly Disney World, but I think it's other other parks, too. They're constantly phasing in and out new rides and new attractions. And some of them were just wacky. Yeah. And so what this guy does is he goes through and he tells the the story of how these things got made, you know, how they succeeded or how they failed. And uh, it's, it's really it's an incredible channel. If you're into amusement parks, if you're into history, if you're into pop culture, check it out.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and if you're going to watch any episode, there's one on a, I believe it was called Adventureland. It's like that it was in New Jersey. It was a water park. That's the one. That's the one that had the water park that had the loop, the slide with the loop in it, where the guy designed it on a napkin at
0: lunch. And just, that's we
2: <laughs> definitely worth checking out.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, it's time to jump right into Road Kids. All right, man. You know,
2: Bo, when when this one came up on the docket last week, I know you were excited. All AGA, all the time, Boat. (laughs) And so these are right up your alley. Uh, So let's talk about this particular game. Now, this had an Amiga 1200 and a CD32 release. I played the uh, I played a both, to be honest with you. Uh, I played the 1200 version the most. Uh, did you, did, I'm assuming, did you try both of them, Bo, when you played this? or did you? I, try I
0: to... played both the CD32 and the 1200. C- um, you see the only difference? thing that's different is the uh, A1200 version does not have the intro that we're watching right yeah. now. Yeah. The, there's a really nice, a nicely rendered intro. It's probably one of the best CGI intros I've ever seen on the Amiga. In yeah. fact, I mean, it is very well done. It's long, um, too. But, yeah, but after that, uh, the, the two versions are exactly the
2: yeah, same yeah uh, that's what I, and i'll and uh before we get fully into this i wanted to go on record here um i'm going to go on the assumption that there was some sort of cd streamed music on the cd32 version did have you heard anything yes or no, no there's
0: there's not they, there's a youtube playthrough yeah of uh the cd32 version and um it is uh it it has the music. Somebody's piped in the music, but when you play the game, there is no uh, game. And, there is no in game. music. We'll get into that then. So uh, this uh, came out in '94. Boat.
2: Uh, you've got your if you're playing on the uh, 1200. You've got the three discs here, uh, and yes, in fact, this was an AGA only release. So gutsy. I guess it'd be, <laughs> it be would be the way I would do it. Uh, this was developed by Vision uh vision did uh, a ton of amiga stuff i never i wouldn't have guessed they'd done this stuff i'm trying to look through here to see if there's anything here that we've ever covered
0: prime there, Mover, there, yeah i know there is they're an australian outfit yeah. i remember yeah. seeing that logo prime mover is the one
2: that comes up also
0: they did they did the dragon's lair
2: games as well so okay they okay. did several that we've looked at uh and was uh published by acid software which i think we've looked at stuff that they did so they must have yeah skid marks they pub- i knew i recognized their name uh so uh this was coded by Paul Andrews. Now Paul Andrews is a name uh that we uh that we've heard before too. He worked on Cybernetics, the first battle. Uh he worked on uh Seek and Destroy and Zombie Apocalypse 1 and 2. So I knew that I knew I never recognized his name too. It's weird, but my brain's tapioca, but every once in a while I remember something. Mm-hmm. Uh the graphics, Rodney Smith and Grant Wallace, and the musician, Blair uh Zapishish. Now we were just talking about the music. I want to start with that right away. I thought when they when this game had a tune, it was a good tune. Uh, the uh, the music in the opening was cool, and the music that would play occasionally was cool, and the music at the end of the game was cool. So it's a real bummer to me that there was no. I thought there, I was sure there was going to be some sort of CD based music. So that's kind of a, that's kind of a bummer uh, on that. <clears throat> anyway, I digress. What is this game? Well, Roadkill is your. Uh, over-the-top, you know, overhead-view racer, uh, where you are competing with other racers on a track of death. Track of death, Boat. Uh, you get to pick, I believe, from one of six cars, and you are pitted against other racers on a track that has, uh, occasionally will have landmines, it has spikes, it has other racers, everyone's armed with missiles and all sorts of crazy stuff. You go around a track in a, in a standard way, uh, and you complete laps, and once you've completed all the laps, you know, just like a race, you win or you lose. Uh, you can also get bonuses based on how many people you kill. It will affect how much money you earn uh, for each of the races. Uh, Bo, what were your initial impressions on this when it came up?
0: Uh, pretty positive, actually. Yeah, uh, I thought that the game was very. I was very impressed. Like I said, with the intro. Yeah. Um. I, the 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 car select screen looks really good. It's also fully rendered um and uh moving into the first race uh i i thought that the, the game was was quite nice quite quite beautiful yeah I, I i would agree with you boat i'll be honest with you uh i was not
2: expecting much i don't why why was i not expecting much i don't know because why. this is
0: the amigos aaron you're playing amiga games no that, you gotta no, say your boat. expectations you know no that's not be. true don't be a, don't be
2: a troll boat uh, uh it's just that uh i this is a game i had heard of i I think I may have played it, you know, but it's not, I don't remember thinking I don't remember. It's not a game where I hear a lot of people talking about it or anything. And so I just, I just guess I didn't expect much. And it came up the cool intro, the cool car select. I like the fact you get to select the car. The, now, the main menu is I wouldn't say it's not option heavy, uh, but it's got you it lets you pick a, uh, your difficulty level. Uh, it also has an option to change your joystick, but for me, it never went off CD32 joystick. I don't know. Did it, did you try changing your controls? At I never all? tried changing
0: the sticks. So I never. Don't know. I
2: can never change it. So I don't know if it was just detected what I had as a CD32 controller, uh, which is good because it did let me use the other buttons. Uh, if if you if you're using a, a, a proper controller CD32, you actually get a button for uh, acceleration. Then you've got a button to shoot your stuff, uh, and then you if you're if you're uh, uh, I never. You could also choose between automatic and standard manual transmission. I always picked automatic, but if you're playing a, 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 with a manual transmission, you can use the shoulder buttons on the CD32 pad to switch your gears. So that's which is nice. Uh, not too bad. Um, in terms of the way the game looks when you actually play it, a uh, heck it came up, and I
0: thought it looked really good. Mm-hmm. to be honest with you, the roads look cool. Uh, if you look at the uh, the the layout of the um, the HUD. Yeah, The HUD is is very well done. I mean, it, it gives it, you all the information that you need. It gives you the, your position. It gives you the lap. It gives you your lap times, uh, your the money that you've earned. You know, that's the top. On the bottom, you have the, the your speedometer, yeah. the gears, the damage that you've taken. And then on the lower right, you've got a mini-map. So, I mean, this is as modern, as up-to-date a HUD as you could possibly wish for.
2: Yeah. In fact, this we've played a lot of these games... Where you kind of have a this it's this sort of game on the Amiga, uh, uh, and the, what's the one Micro Machines uh, mm-hmm. is one. They're, I mean,
0: there's a lot of them. Skid right, marks, the one, Micro Machines. So, uh,
2: the reason I bring up Micro Machines is one of the problems I had with it was it was so zoomed in, I could never tell what was coming up. I had just had trouble, you know, staying on the road. This game, I mean, you're in pretty tight in this game, but they do two things that I really appreciate. the 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 mini map is solid. Uh, I mean, it really is, and it's in a good spot. And secondly, uh, the the way they label the road, it you get enough notice to know what you're doing. and there's a rhythm to it. Uh, if you if you see two uh, if you see two uh, turn arrows, you know you know after that second one, uh, is normally when your turn's going to be. Sometimes you'll have three, and occasionally you'll just have one. But I mean, the my point is, there's a there, once you've went around because you you can have a practice lap before you actually go and play the game, which is also great. Once you go around once and you see how the arrows are laid out, it didn't for someone like myself who has struggled in these sorts of games before. I didn't have as much trouble in this one because I found the road easier to read between the map and the and the markings on the road. You know what I mean. Absolutely, um and they even mark is... they even mark where that where the uh, power ups are going to be to a certain degree. They'll they'll have like a, uh, for example, they'll have a long row of little, little tiny arrows, and you know at the end of that, there'll probably be a power up. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like stuff
0: like that. Yeah, this is uh the best the best way you can mark a course in a game like this. Uh, I'm not you know, Micro Machines has a lot of problems. Uh, and I don't think that putting arrows on the course would solve Micro Machines' problems. Right, right, right. But uh, it certainly wouldn't hurt. And in a game, in a top-down racer that's as zoomed in as this game is, uh, you have to have that. Uh, it, you know, between that and the mini-map, uh, I never felt like uh, the course was getting away from me. I always felt like I could navigate the course. And another thing that we should mention is that this is this is one of the only games that I've ever played on any platform. That allows you to have a practice lap before you start. That yeah. says, "Hey, get the lay of the land. Take a practice lap just for fun. Then, once you swing around, you know we'll start the race for real." I love that. I,
2: I, I did vaguely mention it, but yes, the practice having a lap where you just go around. There's no enemies. Uh, in fact, one thing you can do is because the power ups and stuff are all laid out, so you could sort of get an idea. Okay, here's where a, here's a, a power up for missiles. Here's a speed mm-hmm. up, you know, etc. And it get or here's a ramp. Uh, and it gives you a, a good way to go when you start because one thing about starting these levels without any sort of prep is that you just go in and blind and now once you play the game a dozen times then maybe you'll have it memorized but uh, for me I love that so yes absolutely love that aspect of it uh, so uh, the uh, the uh, when you when you do the game for real with other players, you're in with uh, other guys that can that can damage you just like a proper overhead racer uh, but you come this one has armaments now and they're not they're not sort of like uh, what was it? Skid marks is the one that had that had also had. Yeah, uh, no, that was, was
0: a uh, supercars too.
2: Supercars, that's right. But that didn't really make much sense. I mean, this makes
0: a lot more sense because the whole road is is set up to kill you. There's spikes and stuff everywhere. Yeah, I mean, this is set in a dystopian future yeah. where you know there's it's like a Mad Max type thing. And supercars, it, it made no sense at all.
2: Right. So. so when you when you uh, when you play this, your weapons are a, sort of a pivotal part. Now I always use the weapons. I'm guessing that you use them too, right? Did, you didn't abstain from using the weapons. Oh or yeah, kind of I use the weapons yeah. all the time. Yeah, because they work great. The yeah. missiles are good. Uh, you've got different power ups in this. Uh, there's a sp- and these are just labeled on the track like with letters, basically. There's speed ups, uh, which does the obvious. There's a, there's one uh, there's a power up for traction. That keeps you from sliding. We'll get to sliding in a minute. Uh, There's super armor. There's a a power-up that will make it so you deflect other guys' uh, missiles. Uh, There's there's armor power-up. Of course, you get rockets and missiles. And then there's also money. So uh, you are uh, – there's a, a goodly amount of stuff to get. Now, the funny thing is when I was playing this, it was – I didn't exactly know what I was picking up every
0: time because I thought – I did find the symbols kind of hard to read. Did you have that issue? Well, I, it's not that I found them hard to read. It's just that they go by on the screen that, so quickly. That, yeah. that Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: uh, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, what, they, they, they were tough – I just sort of went over them. I could usually see the missile one because it was sort of like, looked like two little missiles. But
0: to the game's credit, they don't put any like poison mushrooms in here. Like everything that you can pick up is going to be good for you. So they don't, they don't put anything to try and trick you. If they would have done that, that would have been really really a downer
1: yeah
2: and they've also got stuff like first aid is out there uh and and super versions of the other stuff there's also stuff you can hit that hit that hurts you of course there's plenty of places that have spikes or ram walls or just crap sometimes i'll just stick stuff out in the middle of the uh of the uh uh, course there's cannons occasionally Uh, some of the stuff i didn't even see uh, there's apparently there's speed bumps. I don't think I ever came across one of those. So there's a mine there's a bunch of stuff that, that can hose you because in this game, your car takes damage. And if your car gets damaged too much, it'll explode and your race will be over. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the counter to that is of course, uh, the pits, which was kind of a, a, kind of a neat addition having having a, uh, the pit stop the ability because when your car's damaged it'll tell you and the car'll start smoking and stuff and so you can go into your pit and stop in there, uh, and you can also kill people
0: in the pits which is <laughs> always entertaining. Did you pit much when you were playing? Never, never. I figured that by the time that I got out of the pits I would be so far behind I would be able to catch up. You
2: could. I found this game not. I mean, it's not the easiest game, but I mean, I found most of the time when I lost it was because I just. I, you know, got confused on the track. So let's talk about, let's talk about the actual driving of the car. This game takes a different route when it comes to, uh, the control of your vehicle. And what I mean by that is sometimes if you get uh, turned around, you can bounce around the course, like a freaking pinball, uh, and and I would say that is probably the game's most annoying feature. It's uh, I mean it, it gives you reason to go and get those traction power ups if you can find them. But I mean the the crashes in this you don't really crash unless you die. You actually just bounce around and spin around, and it's real. Uh, I didn't like I I didn't like that much. What did you think about the way that went down? That I way?
0: didn't I didn't I found that to be sort of a unique thing. It's I didn't unique. I didn't see any I didn't see anything wrong with it because you're. The uh, the thing is, the enemy cars react the same way. So it's very satisfying to go around a curve, hit an enemy car, make him go into a spin out, you know, hit him with a missile or whatever. Now, um, did it make the game easy? No. You know, is, is it super easy to control? No. But it I didn't think that it was a game breaker. Um, I, I, I didn't feel like it got in my way. The biggest thing that got in my way was just the difficulty of the other racers. I had a hard time finishing first uh, even on the first course in this game. Right.
2: I, I personally I thought the ping pong pinball stuff was I mean it could you could you could get in
0: one tight squeeze and you're, and you're bummed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that that's true, but that's true in a lot of different, you know, a lot of racing games. You can get in a certain place on the course, and you can just be screwed. Well, so. I don't mind a little,
2: I don't mind a spin out, for example, or even a little bu- bump on the wall, but this thing, you could literally bing back and forth like you're between two pop bumpers, mm-hmm. and I didn't like that. So, yeah, yeah I was, I, yeah. that was, I wouldn't say it was a deal breaker, but the deal was damaged mm-hmm. you know, when that would happen. Uh, I you know, they, they they put in little touches that I like, I occasionally in the track you'll come across a part that's like a grid work and it looks really good you can sort of see through it uh they've the 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 uh different there are four different areas and i think each has three tracks and uh the uh they don't i wouldn't say they look there's really not much visual difference between the four no i I mean it's it's very
0: very subtle differences um but uh the, the game, I mean, it's it's like all of these tracks are set up real, real high in the air, and no. uh, you're trying to uh, to overcome them.
2: The uh, the level, you've got Turbo Death Challenge, uh, Maximum Overkill Grand Prix, the Badlands Mega Smash, and the Roadkill Eliminator. Those are the four levels, and each one of those has tracks in it. Um, and like I said, they, the tracks get progressively more uh, com- uh, complicated as you go through, and eventually you're getting into the tracks... Uh, much like supercars wh- that we mentioned earlier, where you're you're g- going back upon itself, and there's and there's crosses and stuff, and you're going to hit a- racers going the other way and stuff. Uh, plus, on top of that, you've got all your additional uh, track, uh, you know, tr- you know, your different track uh, targets and stuff that can come up and get you. Um, I think this game is a, a pretty decent game. However. Because we've praised it pretty much, I do. I do have some problems with it, except for the ping pong. It's to me this seems like a game where they had a, they had a good game here. They, it's funny they did the hard part and then they dropped the ball on everything else. Uh, if there is no in game music, not just due because we don't have a CD or whatever, then that's a huge mistake because the music in this was good. Uh, secondly, uh, you've got no multiplayer at all. Uh, which is I mean, not no multiplayer, no network multiplayer or nothing. that's kind of a, that's kind of a bummer. Uh, other games have have done it. I'd like to have seen some multiplayer, some split screen or something. I mean, this is the c d thirty two you know, crank up the muscle on this thing. let's see some of that. Um, I think that's a big oversight because I think this is a multiplayer game could be awesome. I mean, it's got everything you need here to be a really cool multiplayer game. Um, the uh, The I I read the manual for this. The manual is real sparse. Like you don't know what's going on. The you don't know a backstory. You don't know jack squat. Uh, I watched the end of the game, and that the announcer that's in the game. His name is I think his name is Satan Star. And I guess you're on some sort of like futuristic game show or something. But I mean, there's nothing. They don't really flesh any of that out. Uh, Which you know that's all. That's kind of lazy. Uh, The uh, uh, the lack of change in the courses visually is kind of a bummer. You know, so I, that was kind of a letdown. I guess what I'm saying is, this is the this looks like something that they were like, well, it's 1993 or whatever, and this is going out in the AGA on the AGA machines. We're probably going to die a death. We're not going to spend the, anything more than we have to to get this out the door. What, what did you think, Boat?
0: Yeah, this is one of those rare instances when I agree with you. They did all the hard work. <laughs> that is rare. Everything, everything was in place for a really spectacular game. You know, they made a good engine. They made a good setting. You know, the tracks look good. The other cars look good. And it was like somebody just said, all right, well, we're just going to ship it as is instead of just going that last 10 or 15 percent to really making this good. Uh, For example, you're collecting all this money. It doesn't mean anything. You know, why can't you upgrade your car? Why can't you enter a shop like freaking Ivan Stewart's Iron Man from 1985? Yeah, that that, um, that, that was stunning to me that you would get all this money and they give you money for like
2: getting the fastest lap on that track uh, or other. And, and you think that the money would
0: you could do something with it, you know, right. or maybe a gambling something. Right. If you're on a game show, why do you only feature the announcer at the very beginning of the game and never see him again until the end credits where he just says, take care and be safe? He'll why don't you have a talk. story about That's your, he your hero working his way up through the ranks and having a little cut scene? Again, we're talking about the CD32, make a little pre-rendered thing with the announcer, give you an update with what's going on in the story. Yeah. Why don't you see the background of your racer when you go to the vehicle select screen? That would be something incredibly easy to do that would give you some, you know, some way of saying, hey, what I'm doing makes a difference here. What you've got is a racing game that is adequate, but it's only about an inch deep. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's almost like they were working on something and then they realized that this was going to release to a very limited audience. And they were yeah. like, all right, we're done with this. I, uh, again, with the money, I I, I like that. And plus, there's an aspect to this. We haven't touched on which is that. Jackpots that you earn. Uh, you can go through if you if you get enough kills on a level, you can get you can set off. It's almost like a pinball machine because every time you complete a level and the jackpot doesn't get taken, it goes up. So uh, you can you can kill enough guys to get the jackpot up. And that means if you kill one more guy, you get the jackpot money. And then occasionally, if it'll tell you to get the super jackpot, and if you kill one more guy, you'll get the super jackpot. I like that. I like because it's it's I like the idea that it's that it's uh, giving you a reason to go out and kill all these guys. But what's a more effective and uh, previously done way to do that is like, to, like you said, to have a storyline, Hey, someone comes up to you before the race, we'll give you X amount of dollars to take out number 12, you know, or whatever, or Timmy, whoever it is. Mm-hmm. And there is no, there's no, uh, um, uh, there's no surroundings to this game. It's just, it's just a race to repeat. And so what's the, what happens no matter how good you make the game, ultimately it starts to get kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Because, there's no, I mean, stuff like that sort of artificial sweetener,
0: I mean, but it still makes it sweeter, (laughs) you know, and it's not as if these guys had to think up any of these concepts, all these concepts had been done in tons of games before that. I mean, the racing genre is the most well-worn genre in video game history. Uh, All they'd have to do is say, hey what are some of the cool things that we've liked in other games? Why don't we stick those in there? That's yeah. all they'd have to do. I agree. You know, it's funny, Boat, that because here we are, because I know you love to rag on the AGA, but we both agree this is an attractive game. It's got its own yeah. style. And it's it definitely, you can definitely style. tell it's an AGA game. Sure. I mean, oh, yeah. all the colors are there. Everything the smooth, is good. The, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, the,
2: the scenes where they go over the bridge where you can see through it, they look real nice, you know? it's so why can't we get the rest? It's just another listen. Hey, we're right. It's the book that's already written. Why did this thing not do well? Well, I mean, here you had a game that was, I mean, of amongst the cd 3 games, this is probably one of the better offerings we've looked at, but they just couldn't quite go all the way with it. And it's a, it's a real bummer. Um, I looked at some of the, uh, scores that this was, re- that this received, uh, and it, it's funny. Uh, I think these scores are sort of very much in line with what we would probably score at Boat amiga format uh reviewed this in august of 95 uh, so this is the same year it came out this it got an 80 percent uh the uh, uh amiga power number 52 gave this a 79 percent cu amiga gave us an 85 and the one gave this an 83 so uh these are you know these scores are right in the middle now the, that was for the uh, A twelve hundred version, and of course, Lemon gives that one a score of eight point oh nine. So, what are we seeing here? A lot of eighties, you know. And I'd say, uh, I'd say this is a this is a game that you'll give an eighty that should have get, gotten a ninety if they'd put a little bit more effort into it.
0: Yeah, and I think that a lot of those scores are based on. For example, if you're looking at this in as a amiga owner yeah um you know and you're looking for a uh modern looking top down racer yeah then i mean yeah this is an 80 as long as you 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 don't look outside the platform i mean this is this is really this is really good this is really good and the games that are um that are top down racers that are from before then like your you know your skid marks and, and all those things um those don't look as nice as this. Uh, they don't play as smooth as this, and um, and of course, you know they're they're not AGA games. So you, you've got to give if you just bought an AGA machine, you need something to justify that that purchase.
2: Yeah, and I will say though, I'm looking now. I'm talking about the uh, the CD32 version. Okay, as I look over these scores, listen to this. This is strange to me, Boat. But I mean, this. Remember, you always say that the CD32 they are they play they use kid gloves when they fool with it. And maybe you're right. So, here are the scores for the CD32 version. We're assuming that with the exception of the opening, it's the same. Uh, Amiga CD32 Gamer, the most Doom magazine ever. (laughs) uh, gave. uh, By the way, I should mention, again, this came out in 94 for the CD32 and 95 for the regular Amigas. So, CD32 Gamer gave it a 93%. Amiga Computing gave it an 87%. Now, Amiga Format, uh, 75%. Amiga Power, 84%. Right about the same. CU Amiga, 85%. And the one gave it a 90. So you're getting better scores. Uh, now, granted, this was a year earlier, uh, but for effectively the same game. And even the uh, Amiga, the Lemon Amiga crowd gives it a better score, at 8.29. So mm. did we get any Discord action on this one, Boat?
0: We did. We got a ton of Discord action all right. on let this. Her, let her fly. Jason Warrens leads things off. He says Dynamite, 8 out of 10. That's all I need uh, to know. Pixels at Dawn writes, This is definitely a game of two halves. It runs like absolute butter and is good looking and colorful, but the track and background tiles change very little throughout the game. And realistically, it's only the track designs that provide variety. Sound sample and musical stabs are great, but in-game music is sadly missing. The gameplay is fun. Although the mini-map is essential for navigating the course, and even on easy, it can, be, it can be easy to get destroyed before completing the race. The AI can play quite dirty, although it's a positive to have challenging opponents. Extra points for allowing a practice run on each track. Multiplayer conspicuous by omission. Overall, an average racer, 6.5 out of 10. Frodo NL writes, This should be my kind of game, but somehow it just doesn't work for me. While the graphics are good, after a few levels, what is most noticeable is the sameness. The sound is quite good, but again, no in-game music. If this had been a multiplayer game, it might have been more interesting. As it is, though, I find this an average game at best. 5 out of 10. Graham W. Vebke writes, I love top-down games across many genres, and I have a soft spot for great top-down racing games. Unfortunately, this isn't even close. Sure, the graphics are fine and the scrolling is smooth, but that's where it ends. A top-down racer needs to have great track designs, responsive controls, and fair playability. This has none of that. Every single track has 90-degree corners for every corner. The visible area of the track compared to the scale on the screen gives you such a small field of view. Don't expect anything useful looking at that minimap thing either. The playability stink with che- cheating AI, and it feels they added weapons with pickups as an afterthought. I could have forgiven those issues if the controls didn't feel like you were controlling a pinball and a sheet of ice. Bumper bouncing on the side of tracks is no fun. I'd rather cut my lawn with nail clippers than play this again. Wow. Three out of ten. Burial. Chris Falls writes, Racing games are my favorite, and top-down isometric racers like supercars and skid marks are some of my fondest gaming memories. This game, however, clearly falls in the also-ran category. Sloppy controls, boring, and dare I say it, dull track design and graphics. No in-game music, but instead annoying loud jingles that do little to enhance the experience. The whole thing feels all too zoomed in, also requiring you to use the next useless mini-map or remember the track. Also, as the Mighty Graham brought up, what planet were they on when they introduced pinball-style reactions to touching the side? Also, why AGA? It doesn't look or sound fancy. A disappointing 4 out of 10. And finally, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, he writes, A Herm-Firm, 6 out of 10. A fun game at the start that got a bit repetitive after a while. It does take a few goes to master the game mechanics and to learn track layouts, however. Using the mini-map does help somewhat. The limited area of vision all adds to the drama. Try driving at 200 miles per hour through the crest of Al Rouge at Spa without practice. Uh... Car controls are far too arcade-like for me, but still an entertaining game, but missed a trick by not making this a two-player game. SpongeBob tied to a skateboard.
2: Man.
0: Burial City. Yeah, yeah. So Discord... Um, they hated it a lot more they, than we they did. They hated it a lot more than we did, yeah.
2: I uh, took the chance to look this up on eBay, Boat, just mm-hmm. in case one, one might be interested. So... You've got three basic flavors of this, okay? You've got the big box Amiga CD32 version, which is the big box with the CD jewel case and whatnot in it. Uh, I've seen that one go uh, as for as little as 50 and, uh, and upwards. This big box Amiga CD32 gets kind of hard to find. Uh, the, uh, Amiga 1200 version is pretty cheap when you can find it. Uh, here's one that went, uh, just this month for less than $8 in uh, the UK. Of course, these are all in the UK. And then I've seen the CD version just in the jewel case with the, you know, with the paper in there mm-hmm. and that one's going in somewhere in the middle of between, you know, 15 and 30. Uh, so there's three different flavors of this. If you're so inclined, I will say the the box art looks nice. You know, it looks like it yeah. looks halfway decent. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, getting back to what those guys mentioned, I mean, listen, one of the things about this game, if you don't, if you can't stomach that ping pong thing, uh, you're, you, I could see where you're out right just on that. But a lot of people mentioned not having to get any use out of the mini map. I actually used it c- quite a bit, uh, and but I didn't even need it that much because of the way the track was marked. Uh, I but I mean, once those tracks get more complicated, the ping pong thing becomes more annoying because you hit the wall a lot more. So I can yeah. understand if, people for if, if you're season. trying
0: to negotiate some of those uh, round the bend, yeah. type. I mean, they're they're also sort, they're almost like roundabouts that you have to go through. Yeah, exactly. Um, to me that and putting those things in a track is just it is it's inexcusable in, in in this day and age where you can have a bigger map to begin with i mean back in the old days you might put things like in the track and uh, things you know to to if you only had a set amount of tiles you could use. But again, they were working with the CD32 and the Amiga 1200. They could have made bigger tracks. Well,
2: I think that tracks are – I don't think that – I think that's part of the fun is going around those things because you're you're more apt to hit the other racers. Uh, mm. What I'd like to see is like the, get this graphics and engine uh, mm-hmm. com, sort of combined with what supercars had uh, and because uh, I thought, I thought supercars handled better. Uh, but, I mean, this is a beautiful – I think uh, unlike these guys, I thought the graphics were, you know, for what it was, yeah, most of you're seeing road, but I thought it was nice and smooth and looked real good. So, you know, but again, uh, overall, I mean, I think we're all sort of in the same area there. It uh, missed a missed opportunity boat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Aaron was well, we wind things down today. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that uh, if you are interested in watching us live on uh twitch we record the show every friday at around four although um next week we may actually that might not be true anymore i gotta see what time i'm gonna be rolling in from school uh with this new schedule but we will it'll be on friday evening at some point so uh just watch out subscribe to us on or uh, follow us on twitch and you can be notified when we go live um but we want to thank the folks that uh are uh that are supporting us on Twitch. Uh, we got Old B Sturgeon, Real Joe the Zombie, Frodo and Jigglebox, Christian Russel, Great Owl G, Buck Owens, Retro Jerry, Demoto Wilack, Still Adolescing, La Mazda, Chris Folds, David Z N and Finks, Mitsuyama, Wing Chun Wolf, Go To Sub, Picard Twenty Ten, and Rushi MSX. Thank you guys uh, for uh, s- subscribing to us on Twitch. Uh, any any support you can give the show. Uh, We appreciate whether it's subscribing on Twitch or supporting us on Patreon. We even have a PayPal option if you go to everythingamia.com slash support. Uh, That really does uh, uh, really help us keep the show moving week after week after week for two hundred almost 270 weeks straight. We haven't missed a week since 2015, Aaron. That's unbelievable to me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's unbelievable. That's That's the biggest commitment I've ever had in my life, period. Yeah, me too. Me too. I've been doing this longer than I've done anything else in my life <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, so, Aaron, uh, and of course, the Patreon song. Um, last week, this was one that uh, that was, it was a popular one. Lots of people got it. Yeah. It was, I've had the time of my life. By yeah. uh the I don't even know who it's by, but it's from Dirty Dancing, yeah. right? Isn't that where it was, was from? So anyway, uh Rob O'Hara got that one. Frodo N L, Barkbit, Pix, Mitsuyama, and Paul Marfleet. And me. Uh, thank you guys so much. Um, and of course, our Patreons, if you know this week's Patreon song, uh, feel free to send me an email at John at Amigos Podcast.com. Remember, a dollar a month gives you access to our discord server and uh, and you can leave reviews there which you read on the air it's just a, a great group of guys you get access to some uh whenever we get access to to amiga honey holes like we had in california uh discord folks get the first dibs on that sort of thing and uh of course four dollars a month one dollar an episode uh gets you as part of the elite the part yeah. of the list you know something uh, you just
2: mentioned was the the uh the uh, honey haul. before you move, go into your big singing bit here. I should mention this because <laughs> I was stunned. Our good buddy, who was our man out there? It was Dave Pickford. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, who I mean, this guy was a star, a star. He's the guy that went and picked up the software we got out there. And then he effectively distributed it to everyone uh, and uh, include myself? Uh, Dave told me that he has he has finally like he has sent out or sold the last of that honey hole. So that is you can put that one to bed, but mm. uh, that but it was a, that was uh, I wanted to express my appreciation for him for helping us out. Really, he if without him, that would have been possible. So we appreciate you. And one more quick thing in line with what you're saying about a dollar a month. Uh, another thing that your dollar a month will get you is access to International Computer Club, which is coming up. In uh, nary a couple weeks, so if you're interested in uh, uh, participating in that, there's a sign-up sheet in the Discord for International Computers Club, and everyone is welcome to attend.
0: Awesome, awesome, yeah. We uh, and uh, look forward to that on Twitch. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing our inaugural episode. Yeah, and um, yeah. So anyway, let's just launch right into it. So if you know this one, John at AmigosPodcast.com. Since we got these new microphones this week, Aaron, I can get. Right up in it. Oh Lord.
1: Frag Lord 6620. Oh, cello code Mark Byland. Oh, love hope. Humsky Jonah, aka Simulant. Jeremy Jones. Ethan Little Alien Breeder. But Dave, the lastraptor Calbert, boy Lane, in sand. Luke Hudson, John Cook Bomb the base row, she frode o in soul. Then Sizer, take me again. Mr Cola Daniel Williams Bernard Lucas Jerry Dennington Zorglum Commodore Kid Reflection Simon Ledge, Captain Crispy Kilobytes and Caffeine Gary Heather Free Lunch Kate Fox David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy <laughs> Jones, Lobsterman, A ten minute, Amiga retrocast, Bernard Quinn. Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Shanzo. Bachbit, Roland, Burke, Andrew, Monkstro, the Zombie, Leith, Kelan, Allen, Kebab, Chicote, Love Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky the a creepy dead boy, Biggie See, The Slow, Nora Stephon, Sorgon, Mortensen, Evan Huland. Lendo75, Christopher Hassel, Rabbit Abbott, Chris Foltz, Drink Ketcher, Lois Rue, Graham Debke, Adam Batter, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Adam Batters, me, Gary Hucker, Boss Man Harrington, Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crib. Josh, Nana, Dumb, Bradley, Jonas, Rulo, T.H.T., Eric, Nelson, Kim, Tommy, Humburg, Daniel, Bingston, Brutal, Barracuda, Darren, Coles, Jason, Ward's Pixels, at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn. Ball-
2: that was great, boot. You sounded like you were in a recording studio. Well, I am. In That's the 20s, is, right? Hideous. 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 Horrible. I
0: have no idea what you were singing there. Thank you. Thank you. So, Aaron, uh, next week... We're going to do Amigos again. I figured we'd try and do two in a row this this time.
2: Good Next idea. week,
0: we're going to be playing Pac-Mania. Oh yes. This is this is another Paul AKA Hermsky uh thing. Yes. Joint, if you will. And uh you can uh join again another benefit of being on the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server is that you have access to the Amigos' High score competition, which is going on right now in Pac Mania. Yeah. Get in there. And uh right now, just to give you an update, Barkbit holding a commanding lead with 1,424,480. though uh Picard 2010 and Bomb the Base are coming on strong. You still have a shot. We've got one more week before we announce the winner. And thanks again to Paul A.K. Hermski. For running the high score competition, you know we've got some. I mean, some top shelf
2: players that we've that have assembled in the Discord. I yeah. mean, some real yeah, good players. I and mean, you got you got your Buck Owens, and you got your all those guys. They're all great. You know, yeah. Paul's no slouch. You got tons of good guys. You know, but we've. It seems like I've tried this game. It's a game that I never really played. I think I've played this on every conceivable console and and computer now. Well, you should probably give it at
0: least one more shot because not only are you last, but you're last by a considerable margin. Well, hold the phone. See, this is all preparation for my triumphant Mm. rise to the top. Okay. Now I'm ready. I like it. I like it. All right, Aaron. uh, Before we say goodbye, um, I think that I should uh, make you visible on the screen once again. Yes, there we go, and uh, we should thank all the fine folks that have joined us live in chat today. Uh, we've got quite the crowd. Um, we'd like to start off by thanking our chat moderators. We'd like to welcome our newest uh, Twitch moderator, Duncan Styles, to the uh, the mod party. He does it all. He does it all, and uh, we also want to give him an extra special shout out for doing such a great job uh, for promoting all of our stuff all over social media. Yeah, thank uh, you, thank you, Duncan. You social are media the man. Are, but... Yeah, yeah, and uh, of course we want to thank the stalwart Pixels of Dawn Gaming. Check out his streams; he's streaming Thief these days. Yeah, I was like watching a Thief it. in the Night.
2: I was watching it the other day, and uh, his streams are all. Hey, he's getting a good crowd over there.
0: He's doing great. It's awesome. Yeah yeah and we want to thank all the fine folks that have joined us in the chat right now live uh we got Tin mark another tt viewer anthony roberts adam barkbit bitstorm brock 101 buck owens c64 rules commander root dedicating lurking nine to five dinu duke l hudson edvin helland frodo and l Hermsky. hey is it in yet jason warns Gets Gerble, L. Curtis B, Lurks, Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, M. Kelly, 0904, Olaf Hope, Paul Kitching, Picard, 2010, Polyester Links, Remostino, Rob O'Hara, Cyril Liu, The Devil Bunny, BK, Vigoropros, Wishbone, and z 9 k Very good. Good
2: crowd, Boat.
0: That's yeah, a good crowd yeah. right there. And all Absolutely. of them
2: quality people.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week on Amigos. Uh, Aaron, you are not going to be streaming tonight, correctly? I'm afraid not. I've got a company in town unless we go crazy later. You never know, Boat. With it's Leroy in not. town, you may need to do one of those late night uh, drunken main streams again. I know you guys are famous for that.
2: You know, uh, Uncle Larry has appeared uh, via the old fighting game stream. It did gangbuster numbers, but and by that I mean it tankered rude. So <laughs> you never know. But if we do, it'll probably be a
0: late one. I'm afraid. You shot that out in the arcade. It could oh, be. Oh man,
2: we, it, <laughs> that's one of those ones. That it didn't
0: get released. It escaped. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you next week. Until then, adios. adios.